Good morning, Philadelphia listeners on WWDB 860 and everywhere else via the live stream. This is Kevin O'Brien and Wayne Middleton, and this is the SMB Acceleration Show. Remember, if you miss anything this morning on the radio broadcast or live stream, you can catch the podcast on our website, smbacceleration.com, or anywhere podcasts are found. If you're a small business owner looking to accelerate their small business growth, I recommend checking out our small business marketing audit. This deal is remarkable as our complete marketing and branding audits usually start around $2,500. You get the same service for $99 if you request it before the end of the year. So just a quick thing to note on it, this is the fastest way to get an enterprise level marketing audit for under $100 and 96% off the normal price. Any questions about the audit or your small business marketing, Give us a call at 1-855-308-5825. Wayne, how's it going this morning? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, the usual chaos of getting in in the morning, especially with this weather, the low low mist and uh, rain. All the crazies hit the streets. So Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you get stuck and backed up in traffic on 76 as per usual. Um, so stay safe, everyone out there. Absolutely. It's never nothing like uh, 76 is kind of, you know, precarious without rain but you add a little bit of rain and all of a sudden it becomes a whole different uh ball game yeah it's like the apocalypse has landed yeah it's always fun <laughs> <laughs> oh it really is it's uh it's crazy right that uh a little bit of uh chaos can throw the whole thing for a loop exactly but you know it, it what doesn't kill us makes us stronger so we just push through and uh enjoy the rest of our day <laughs> absolutely so i have to ask i know you were at a small business video photo shoot over the weekend yes and I'd like i was to, got anything to tell us about it yeah uh so um an orthodontist that we're working for uh ghost orthodontics up in uh, allentown um we're redesigning their website and uh, helping him with seo and um social media posting as well as setting up uh, media spend for ads uh, he wanted to make his site more about his patients and a little bit more personalized. So um, he's been putting together some video content and also invited me along to art director photo shoot. So oh, excellent! I was there on Saturday for a couple of hours working with the with a photographer, um, trying to set up some really nice patient shots, uh, some situational shots around the office so we could show off his workspace. And the next part of the, the shoot will be down in his Pottsville office. Uh, so we're going to get some photography down there. But it was a really good day. Oh, interesting. So you're doing it at multiple offices. Yeah, we're trying to show, again, this is all because he's got more set up in Google My Business. We want to make sure that we've got the right images relevant to each of the offices. And we're going to try to separate the two offices, two or three offices, <clears throat> through all their social channels so that you know one's not getting stronger results than the Absolutely. other. Um, so, yeah, it was a really good day. A uh, couple of hours, uh, the patients that he had been working with over the last couple of years were great. Uh, they went through, <laughs> sat there for a few hours and went through everything pretty well. Um, yeah, so you can check out some of the posts. I took a couple of videos, mini videos, uh, so you can check us out on uh, LinkedIn or on our Instagram page. So that's interesting. How did he go about sourcing the... Photographer? The, well, both the photographer then on the other side. How did he go about doing finding the uh, patients. patients to act as, I guess, the de facto models of the shoot? So what he... he uh, 
he knows his patients very, very well. Uh, he is uh, obviously it's an, you're talking about a relationship that's over the course of a few years True. in most cases, right? So yeah, he gets to know the patients well. He knows their families. Uh, he's a very active local um, promoter and uh, you know activist in the area, for want of a better word. He's always in the local. Uh, news for something or the other. He, do, he does a lot to give back to the community at, at large. Um, he's a the way he kind of went around this was he sent out an invitation through email, okay, uh, inviting his most recent, uh, not his most recent, but some of his success uh, successful cases, and uh, invited them along to the photo shoot and promised them a, a headshot for their own. Um, you know, for their own home and everything else. Uh, okay. Provided food for the day, and just said all he wants to use them for really is portraits around the office to, to show off his work, and uh, wants to use them featured on the website. So he sent out this nice little email campaign and did it that way. Um, you know, the photographer, he's done a lot of uh, searching around. I think trying to find the right right one that would work uh, over the weekend and with us and. Uh, you know, he came across her, the one we was working with on Saturday and had a great, you know, she was a good photographer, knew what he wanted, very took direction very well, um, worked with me very closely, and we, we ended up kind of getting along quite well. So it's always good to keep good relationships with photographers or videographers, especially in our line of work. Absolutely. And what is, what's the overall, I guess, cost for trying to do something like that. Can you give us a ballpark just for anybody out there listening that's kind of interested in? Yeah, I mean, for him, uh, we was, it's about 500 bucks, 600 bucks uh, for my time because we're on a slow, we're on an hourly rate mm-hmm. with him. So it was a fair amount on my behalf, but for the photographer, it was about 1800 okay. for the day. Um, so it's 1800 for that shoot. And the one down in Pottsville, which is her local office where her daughter is, she's doing for free. Oh, okay. So she actually was also a patient, or daughter's a patient of his. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it was uh, pretty well, you know, he's done all right out of that. I think he, I mean, over the course of the hours, uh, the couple of hours we were there, she probably took over 400 pictures, I think, overall, which is a lot. (laughs) Absolutely. Was it also, was it video or just photo? Uh, In this case, it was just photo. He's working with a separate videographer. Um, who's put together a couple of really nice patient testimonials and a few kind of uh, office location kind of shots, um, which will be featured on his website. I've, I'm in the middle of uh, working on his logo indent uh, so nice. that we can then top and tail it with a good logo and a call to action and then sandwich the video in between. So. Excellent. Oh, that's, uh, that's outstanding. And I think it, that's such a good investment for, you know, Dr. Ghosh to look at the va- long-term value of having that library of images. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he, this year he's hoping to introduce a new service that he, he's he's going to be promoting. Um, so he's he's really investing in the company, and uh, his website was about ten years old, so that definitely needed updating. Um, and it was it was reasonably well maintained in terms of keeping WordPress up to date. But like most things, there was deterioration not only over the user experience, but also over the the way the data was being captured. Uh, there was a few potential issues in the back end where it looked like at some point he may have been uh, had some sort of uh, virus put in there or malware or something like that. Um, so you know, it's best to strip it back and get back to basics. Give him a refresh, make it look more like his brand that it is mm-hmm. now, um, and. 
yeah, he's, I'd say all in all, he's probably investing a good, I mean, he's 20 to 30,000 in the business. And that's, well, that's pretty substantial, you know, uh, investment in your marketing. Yeah, it's not just in the marketing, though. I mean, he's he's invested in a couple of new 3D printers and things like that for this upcoming product launch. He's doing, um, for the new product, he's doing packaging. Uh, So it's all like, that's where a lot of the money is going into. Interesting. Okay there and he's hoping for a great return on it and obviously you know along the way you wanted to do the website and everything else too and we managed to keep those costs to a, a good a good pace excellent no oh, that's interesting it's great to hear you know business owners that value you know marketing video having a library of images i think it makes yeah. such a difference especially yeah, I, when they're real people yeah he's been yeah he's he's very open to what he wants and open to what we're we're talking about and I think what's really interesting is he's he's honestly just really keen to promote and do it in the right way, not just you know stick a billboard up locally because he, he realizes that may not get him exactly what he wants. So you know he's invested and he's knowledge he's knowledgeable about uh, you know where he wants to rank on Google. You know he's wondering why he's not getting as high up because again he hasn't got an inordinate amount of uh, competition in that particular mm-hmm. area. Uh, but he's never really tried any Google advertising. Okay. He's never really tried beyond his own efforts. He's not really done much more than that. Uh, and he's been successful even without that. But now he's at a point where he needs to grow. And so in order to do that... Yeah, I think it's almost a response, right, to everyone is that, or any business, you know, traditional marketing is kind of the key, one of the keys to getting started. In yep. many instances, word of mouth referrals doing a good, you know, job. Just being good at what you do. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but really, when you want to start scaling it, that's where you really start needing that marketing plan and strategy to come in. Agreed. Uh, yeah. In, unless you've got that kind of elevation, you, mm-hmm. you if, as long as you're doing good business, your you know your traditional marketing efforts are working. Taking it to the next level is where you need. The expertise, I think, uh, Absolutely. to really help you because, quite honestly, me and the photographer were talking about this during the shoot. She was like, "I'd love to get a few more clients locally," but she goes, "I can't spend so much time doing all the marketing because I'm struggling to do that and do my job." Because she she's obviously the single shooter. She goes out. Uh, she's got an assistant that helps her set up the locations and everything else. But for the most part, she's doing it all off her own back. And you know, in the conversation we had because she was inquiring about what we do and, mm-hmm. and SMB acceleration, etc. I was talking her through it and explaining to her that, hey, you know, <laughs> we built this com- this idea because of the understanding that small business owners just don't have the time or the resources to be able to do this. Absolutely. And then rather than make it ridiculously unaffordable like some people do, we're keeping it realistic in terms of where we think it can work. And as you grow, the idea is we grow with you. And that's that's the great kind of thing of what we're doing. So, No, I think it is. I think it really is important, you know, that everybody wants to grow their business. And I think that's the number one frustration I have is I can't stay consistent with my marketing because as soon as I get busy, I run out of time. Yeah, exactly. It's like I want to do video, but they take ages. You're not wrong. They do take a bit of time to put together. And where is your time best spent? It's not doing the videos. It's doing what you do to get you know keep your customers happy. Let someone else take the load of getting those videos edited, getting them created, thinking about the new ideas, pushing them out on social media. Again, a lot can be automated. Mm-hmm. But 
the core of it is really where the, the effort takes. Like, what is the strategy behind why I'm doing what I'm doing? Videos one, is it gonna work for me? I don't know. That's where the expertise comes in. That's where everyone needs, you know, a, an affordable means to be able to achieve their goals. And Absolutely. That's, that's realistic. No, that, I completely agree. It's almost seems to be that small business owners need a turnkey all-in-one video solution. There seems to be a need, you know, because part of it is it really helps to have that professional videographer. It does. It helps to have somebody creatively back almost producing or creative director as you were doing. And then you need good editor and then you need, you know, good promotion of the video. Yeah. So if you have all those steps in one, at least you kind of have the ability to maximize the spend. And it shouldn't cost you a small fortune to be able to do that, in my opinion. It's, you know, again, it sounds like a lot, a videographer, an art director to help shoot, you know, do the shoot. But what if your art director is both the editor and the art director? Yes. Most of the time you can find people with those skills. Uh, the videographer is really important because it's very hard. Uh, you know, I, I'm pretty good with a camera. But I wouldn't class myself as a, a photographer by any stretch of the imagination. Mm -hmm. It's just I happen to know what may make a good shot. Um, that's a good start, but it's not going to get you where you really want to be. So that's why I'd always look for a photographer or a videographer to, to kind of do the core of everything. And with video, you know, where the magic happens, honestly, is in the edit. You can make anything look great <laughs> if you're a good editor. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, it seems to sure seems to be that way, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And it, I mean, you you know, you <laughs> you cut down videos for our channels, and you know, I've worked on doing the similar sort of things for customers and and myself. It it takes so much time, and it's a very different mindset that you have to be in to be able to edit a video down from like six minutes of footage to a 30, 60 second clip. It's really hard. Yes. And then how do you? How do you seamlessly that there's a great bit at the beginning and there's this bit in the middle that I don't like, and then there's like two seconds of a really great thing at the end. I've got to slice and dice this thing so it actually makes sense and it looks right. And it does. It takes a skilled eye to be able to do it. And there's such a steep learning curve to the video video based software. It's crazy. Yeah, there is. I think you know what? A monthly solution where a business owner spent what, nine 60, 90 minutes, mm -hmm. you had somebody come in, shoot, leave. If it was, you know, in that affordable price range, 500 to $1,000, that would barely be uh, something worthwhile for business owners to consider. You all of a sudden, you would be able to put out this content, which you can use throughout multiple months, mm -hmm. you know, a year or two. And then you have this library, you have YouTube, you really incorporated a lot of things for, you know, one hour and a half of your time. So here's a crazy thought. Why don't we work on that and have that as an offering on our, for our for our listeners and for other uh, small businesses? No, it kind of is a great idea. I guess if there's uh, any videographers out there listening who are interested in working, partnering together, you know, we'd love to talk to you, check out your work, see, you know, what we can uh, put together. It really helps some small business owners. Sure. If you're a small business owner, I guess, interested in incorporating video into your marketing, you know what, reach out, info at smbacceleration.com or give us a call, you know, 855-308-5825. You know what, Wayne and I would like to know, you know, if that would make sense for you. And if it does, we'd be interested in putting together some kind of package to kind of get you up and running on video. Yeah, uh, you know? yeah, exactly. And right now with our listener special, it's uh, 
great time to do it. Yeah, especially end of the year. Anybody, you know, looking to kind of has some money left over from their marketing budget, they're not happy with how it was spent, we're happy to talk and work something out, you know, and even into the new year, perform the work, whatever makes sense. You know, as we always talk about, we're always looking to help you accelerate your business. So whatever. Yeah, whatever you need, we're here to help in any way. So I know we didn't mean to start the show off yeah. that way. Uh, <laughs> one of our one of our big topics for today, or bit of news for the for the day, was really around Adobe Analytics and how to how to leverage that um, for Small Business Saturday. Yeah, no, it's interesting that uh, Small Business Saturday was actually up a pretty good deal. It was, you know, and while I don't think it's all directly attributed to small businesses or people shopping locally from, you know, the initial reports from uh, Adobe, it seems that at least a good portion of it was people shopping locally. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Really something, especially if you have a brick and mortar location, you should take advantage of. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's probably one of the, you know, there is definitely a following of Small Business Saturday and people, I think we've lost sight with all the big stores around. We've lost sight of that local community aspect. And I think people are really crying out for that nowadays is much more that personal touch um i myself prefer to shop in a, a small bookstore versus a barnes and noble mm -hmm. you know uh, if needs must i'll go to a barnes and noble but i prefer the small bookstore because you get to know the, the store owner they get to know you they can make recommendations about what you want to read um you know there's one in emmaus that we go to with the kids and they know exactly what our girls like to read. And it, it, it feels really nice and inviting when you're in there. You're never rushed. You're never forced to kind of get through. You know, the only thing they're missing is a good coffee machine, but we can work on that. Uh, <laughs> well, you got a, there's a coffee shop around the corner, isn't there? Yeah, there is, actually, yeah. There's a nice place around the corner, and they do fantastic cakes, too. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> Here we go on a tangent again. Yeah. But uh, uh, growing up, if we can all remember back, and I come from a very different place, uh, mm -hmm. obviously, um, Dark, deep dark south um where you know in england i remember as a kid um our local high street had all the local stores we had grocers we had butchers we had uh, you know um the the green grocer the fish store yep. and everything else and i can remember to this day the day the big supermarket moved in really yeah and i can remember seeing the reluctance to go to the big store, it took a while, man. It took a good couple of years to, for people to go and realize the convenience of it. Mm -hmm. And people still went, and then slowly but surely, you start to see these businesses disappear. And it was a real shame. And I know before I left England, there was a big push to try to encourage small shop owners and stuff like that, get back to that kind of idea of local community working with the big super brands that are there. And I think, you know, the U.S. is going through something or has been through something similar. And, you know, it's, there's nothing better than knowing the person that's giving you your, your beef brisket or your ribs. And they know exactly what you want. They know how you like it to be cut and stuff. And I think we miss we miss a lot by not having that. So, you know, I'd always support those small businesses, um, especially on beyond small business Saturday, you know, I'd want to, you know, as I said, I go into that bookstore frequently. There's a local coffee shop that I will use versus a Starbucks. And it's all about the personal touches they give you and, and that idea of you know, community and knowing each other. It's, it's uh, something pretty unique and special and something it's nice to see a resurgence in. Oh, I completely agree. I always tend to try and look for the small local business, you know, even outside of small business Saturday. The one area I don't, and it's terrible, and I don't know why, is retail. 
Really? Yeah. I never I never go into like small clothing stores or price anything. tag fear. It's probably what it is. It's exactly it. If you think about it, if you walk past the like I've done it myself, you walk past those boutique little shops and they have some beautiful clothes in them, don't get me wrong. But the first thing I do when I go in is <laughs> I look at the price tag and it's like Wow, $160 for a pair of jeans? No, I can get six pairs of those from, <laughs> for that much uh, from Target or somewhere. So, you know, there there is definitely, for those who can, support those small bit, you know, yeah. the higher-end small businesses. But, you know, for the most part, ha, you know, your local coffee shop, your bookstores, your, your, your grocers. The bread company. Yeah, your bread your companies. Yeah, yeah, try to support them. And, and it's... This price tag's not as scary as going into a boutique clothing store or a boutique uh, opticians. Yeah. No, all absolutely. All of a sudden, it's like you've gone from what you'd expect to pay for a pair of glasses to saying that you're like, wow, that's like a small car. Yes. Cost. <laughs> you know? Um, no, it really is. And it's one of those uh, things where I feel, you know, small retailers locally up and down the main line and anywhere else listening, do you know what? Do me a favor. Tell me you're not that expensive. Somehow you need to convey, and if you are, that's fine too. You know, most there are some high end, yeah. and I, and deservingly so because yeah. the product is that much more superior. It's handcrafted or whatever. There are times for that, absolutely. But I think one of the things you can do is get rid of that price tag shock or the sticker scare, and and kind of you know try to soften the blow. Yeah, of that no, absolutely. Outlay. You know, and maybe it's just my own. Uh, Poor sense of fashion, which leads to, you know... I didn't want to say anything, but, you know, we're you sitting know. here and he's wearing a... Some, branded T-shirt. A branded T-shirt of someone else's. It's just all good. We all do so that. So we, we all realize that, Kevin, if you are a small business uh, retail boutique owner, there's a reason I don't shop there. My uh, sense of style is pretty terrible. <laughs> so is mine, quite honestly. Uh, <laughs> so don't come to Wayne and I for fashion sense, but marketing, you know, we can definitely help you out. So I think we're going to take a quick break. But before we do, remember, if you miss anything this morning on WWDB 860 or the live stream, you can catch the podcast on our website, smbacceleration.com or anywhere podcasts are found. If you're a small business owner looking to accelerate your business growth, recommend taking advantage of our small business marketing audit. The deal is remarkable, as I said earlier. It's our complete marketing brand audit, which usually start around $2,500. Same service for $99. As long as you get your request in before the end of the year. And if you have any questions about the audit, any questions about small business video, you know, a turnkey video solution, or anything else marketing, you can give us a call at 855-308-5825. And when we get back, we're going to kind of finish up a little bit more on the small business marketing news. The thing is, I would never give blood before. You know, I, before this happened to me, I thought of every excuse of the book, but I'm so thankful that everybody didn't think the way I did or I would have died. Like so many new mothers, Noelle needed blood during the birth of her son. Thanks to the American Red Cross and a donor like you, it was there. One donation, just an hour of your time, can help save up to three lives. Please sign up to give now at redcrossblood.org. 
Just because you can't see lead paint doesn't mean it's not on your walls, doors, windows, or sills. Today, lead paint poisoning affects over 1 million children. What's more, just three granules of lead dust from old paint can poison your child. If your house was built before 1978 and you have kids 6 years old or younger or are pregnant, it's very important to know what to do. There are simple steps you can take to make your kids lead-free kids. Log on to leadfreekids.org or call 800-424-LEAD for more information. A message from the Coalition to End Childhood Lead Poisoning, the EPA, HUD, and the Ad Council. And we're back. Everybody listening on WWDB 860 via the live stream. Remember, you can catch out the podcast anywhere podcasts are found. Apple, Google Play, Anchor, Stitcher, etc. So as we mentioned, we were talking about before the break, we were talking some small business Saturday. And the analytics are in from Adobe. And it was a successful small business Saturday. And that kind of leads me into something else I saw interesting over the week, Wayne, and that was a New York Post article about, you know, small business owners' goals for 2020. Oh, nice! Yeah, it'd be good. Yeah, good, good topic. Um, so let's let's yeah. get into the the goals. So, yeah, really, the biggest <clears throat> thing takeaway I saw from it was they stu- there was a study done by Vistaprint on, you know, 500 small business owners in the U.S. So I guess a pretty small sample size, all yeah. in all, but still. You know, they were looking for, what's your top objective for 2020? And the number one thing that came out of it was substantially increasing revenue and growth and reaching new customers. I think that, that yeah, again, not to speak for everyone, I think that's that's true of everyone right now is uh, how do I get more customers and how do I keep the ones I've got? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, we have to look at that and say, okay, how can we do that and what's the best way to do it? Um Let's think about that a second. Have you got any tips on what you think the goal should be? Based on that, how would you achieve that? No, that is, you know, I think, one, starting with the marketing audit and kind of figuring out where you are is not a bad way, you know, for sure. To kind of at least get that level set of here's where we are, here's what's working, here's what's not, what channels should I be looking at for even just my industry, yeah, and even down to which channels are really working for me versus not, because you could be spending a lot of time pushing Instagram content mm-hmm. that isn't really being engaged with. In which case, you're you're yeah you know, you're, you're spending a lot of time and effort on something that isn't really giving you much back. So, just because you have you know just because you have an Instagram channel doesn't mean it's the best channel you've got. It just means you've got it. And you're populating it with a lot of content because it's easier because you can just do it while you're on the fly on, with the phone. Mm-hmm. But if your engagement's not there, what is it really giving you? So again, having that audit in place and understanding that, looking at things like your website and your destination, is there room, you know, we're not necessarily talking about building a brand new website, but is there a better optimized landing page I can take people to in order to get them to fill out a form so I can start getting requests in? Can I put some um, what I call lead to call ads through mm-hmm. Google? Uh, in which case, that will certainly improve my ability to get people in. And again, I think it's really important to understand that all your marketing is ultimately is a, a driver to getting you contact with a potential customer. That's a great it's the point. Intent of, and I'm going to use the word purchase, but it's the intent of purchase, whether that's your services or products or whatever. Um, that's all your marketing can really do. Ultimately, you still have to close it. Yeah, and no, how for you sure. close that is, you know, that could be over the phone. If it's over email, that's fine. Uh, if it's you know getting someone to add something to their car and then buy it, you know, the 
you can only drive people to the destination. You can't force them to make that decision unless your content is good, unless your service speaks to their need and really understanding your audience is going to be crucial. Absolutely. It really is. You know, it's interesting in that uh, Vista print survey, they have a uh, actually really nice, I mean, not surprisingly, uh, kind of infographic in the article. But, you know, they asked, what's the most important marketing channel for the mm-hmm. you know, coming year? Yeah, I'm not surprised by what they're saying. So here, folks, uh, yeah, I think we'd all sort of say, what is the most important thing? Um, is it your social media? Is it your uh, emails that you're putting out there? The irony is the, the, <laughs> the most useful form of uh, lead generation that you can do is word of mouth still. Absolutely. It really, I mean, it really is. And doing a good job, as you said earlier, is probably the biggest thing you can do. Yeah. Um, you know, if you think about our audits, looking at all the channels, uh, there is another part to that, which is your brand audit is like, what's, uh, you know, how's your brand represented on those channels? How are you promoting your, your brand, your company on there? Is it the right tone for the audience you're going after? Are they, are you approachable? Are you friendly? Do you have great reviews? And, mm-hmm. and even something as simple as how do I get my customers to give me reviews? And then how do I get those reviews into Google? These are all sort of things and aspects of the marketing funnel that we can look at and give you advice on or point you in the right direction or even in some cases act as that extension of your team and help you uh, you know, uh, achieve your goals for 2020, whether that's more customers, whether that's driving sales, whether that's increasing your revenue, whatever it is, we can help you achieve that. And you'll be surprised. A lot of the time it's not going to lead to the first port of call will not be, oh, you need a new website. Um, no, yeah, absolutely. I mean, most of it, it could is, just be a landing page. Yeah, uh, for sure. And I think sometimes even just talking to the small business, you know, sometimes getting or even walking through the business, you notice things that, hey, hey, maybe add I mean, as simple as it's going to sound really kind of very first gen social media, but uh, something my brother, who is not in marketing, who's actually a developer, programmer, mentioned one when him and I owned our restaurant was, why didn't we print up something on the, like, you know, the color printer and laminate it and put it out front by the door that had, you know, review us on Foursquare or Yelp or this, or, you know, a mm-hmm. couple of things like that. And you would think with my background in marketing, I would have been the first thing I think of. But, you know, sometimes you get so busy running your business you don't see the... Uh... It's sometimes the simple things that get missed. And something as simple as how you greet someone the moment they walk into your business, whether that's as an office or a, a store or a restaurant, um, those sort of things are crucial to getting people to come back and and to say, hey, did you check out Kevin Kevin and Brothers web uh, restaurant yeah. down in Philly? Had a great meal there the other day. They're really nice. They come round and you know really treat you well. Well... That's how the word of mouth spreads. But if you go somewhere and, you know, I'm going to use Kevin again. Yeah. Um, hey, so I went, I'm thinking of going to that Kevin and uh, Brothers uh, restaurant down in Philly. What do you think? I, I heard you went there. Yeah, you know what? I, I walked in, it felt a little dirty. Um, you know, the service was a bit slow. All of a sudden, you're starting to lose customers. Always. Absolutely. And and it's, it's that simple. And, and that could change just by thinking about not just your online presence, but also how your business is working, how you treat people when you're there, what, and then leveraging those reviews and those customer reviews to pull more people in. You can use that word of mouth aspect online to a degree to drive the same amount of customers in. Because no. if you're, you know, yeah. the first thing you do, if you're looking for 
new pair of jeans that are not $150, um, you're going to Google things and you, you start looking for, like I'm Christmas shopping right now, so I'm, I'm looking for products all the time for, for my kids or for my wife or whatever. I'm not going to say too much because it would give it away. But <laughs> yeah, I Google and I look at the reviews. If it's something I don't personally know a lot about, mm -hmm. I'm going to trust people's reviews. And I will literally sit there and read through, and this is the irony, I'll read through like four or five almost pages of reviews. Oh, absolutely. And if the majority is favorable, chances are I'm going to make that purchase. If the, the majority are negative, chances are I'm not going to make that purchase. So don't. You know, something as simple as custom reviews can be the difference between success and failure. It sure can. I actually uh, really have a note here about small business reviews and the next generation of voice assistants. I was talking to someone at a, one of the kids' sporting events over the weekend. He was like, you know what? It would be so nice if Alexa, Siri, insert you know, Google Assistant, any of them, would just actually be able to like improve my life. Yeah. You know, instead of answering, like, what's the weather, if it could say, tell me, like, be the smart guy at work kind of thing. The, mm -hmm. no, the guy that knows everything about where everything is when I'm like, you know, where are the keys to or where's the password for it would be like, do this or something of the sort. And uh, something I actually said to somebody, and I think you and I had a conversation actually about it, was how nice would it be if the assistants could actually help me narrow down restaurant choices or something like that. If yeah. I was like, what's the best restaurant in you know, skip back or something like that yep. all of a sudden, or what's the best restaurant in this section of the of Philly, you know, or this section of the city. And it like would mine review sentiment by like velocity, how often they're coming in versus good or negative, obviously not a simple uh, task, but that's kind of what, you know, in a sense you just said you're doing, you're taking all these recent reviews, you're looking at them in a sense of positive or negative. Or is there a lot more, is the velocity of positive, Mm -hmm. you know, really outweighing the negative. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean I, I'm seeing he's nodding my head like a nodding dog. It's, you're right. I mean, and yeah, it's not an easy thing to do, but if you think about what there is behind those uh, those assistants, it's really, um, it's really spiders reaching out, grabbing the data. So all they'd have to do based on your keywords, that's, hey, tell me, tell me the, the rankings of this particular restaurant. And I was looking at um, Alexa for in-car just as... Okay. Oh, interesting. I didn't yeah, know how in-car. Yeah, feature. they have an in-car now. Um, and I was like, well, that's great. But, you know, Alexa, where my, you know, how do I get to here? That's great. Yeah. Where it would be absolutely uh, game-changing, not life-changing, mm -hmm. game-changing, would be, hey, Alexa, um, you're driving along, you're out with the family. I need to find a good family restaurant locally. Give me the ones with the most... Uh, positive reviews. Yes, and absolutely. she goes. Okay, there's Kevin and yeah. Kevin and brothers down in <laughs> Philadelphia. There's Wayne and Smiths up at the. You know, that is game changing. And and yeah, you can do that for your Google Maps, but it's not very intuitive, and it's not always the easiest. No, and it typically it just finds the closest. So the reality is, if they can do it so it finds the closest, they should be able to write an algorithm that looks for those reviews. Yes, if you're and a if they developer out there. And, and if you've got those ideas, come and talk to us and we'll try to sell it to Google <laughs> yeah. uh, and make billions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, insert evil laugh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but really, actually, it is funny because I was out Christmas tree shopping yesterday and that kind of led into exactly what I was thinking because we got up early 
get the family out the door, you know, like the crack of dawn. Uh, it really wasn't the crack of dawn, but it was... Uh, 10 o'clock, folks. Yeah, it was actually 8, 8 a.m., which is not the crack of dawn. Saturday, we were out of the house at the crack of dawn. But So anyway, we drive out to this tree farm, cut your own kind of deal, mm-hmm. and we get out there, and the cut your own section is closed. Oh, joy. Oh, so, yeah, you know, 40-minute or 45-minute ride out, get there, and you're like, oh, great. I wish I'd have known this ahead of time leave because that was kind of the ex- customer experience we were looking for end up driving back we had a whole bunch of stuff to do then later like you know th- late afternoon we're back on the road looking for a tree farm yeah so somebody get, sends us a recommendation it's actually uh out in what was it collegeville phoenixville and customer customer experience was awesome because of well couple things it was open one it was open <laughs> two they actually had cut your own tree which i did and we ended up not doing because mm-hmm. i think we were all so hungry which actually leads to a quick note on finding a restaurant but they had free beer oh wow yeah that's well, uh, that's every man's dream right there <laughs> i have to say i was uh and it was what's even better is that it was a partnership with a local brewery one oh, i'd never heard right. of so now i am so you're getting that cross promotion too yes. so you now know a local brewery that yeah, yeah, hopefully you enjoyed the beer because otherwise that'd be. It actually insane. made my day. It was one of those like days where you leave the house at eight a.m. and I don't think I was set foot back inside it for more than five minutes until like six p.m. Yeah, that tough day. And it was a really <laughs> nice. And it was ice cold. It was outside. We were walking around the tree, you know, tree place, and having a nice locally made beer could not be beat. Honestly. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. So now I'm like. Man, and uh, the guy had his dog there. The dog was, it was uh, like just a really, you know, it was kind of what you would expect from a tree shopping experience. And I have to say, other than their website, which, hey, you know, they're obviously doing a uh, great business. And I love their website. It has an FAQ. Might be a great opportunity to do video. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, just sum up. Yeah, do I need to bring a saw? Well, yeah, again, you could do a video on that and so very yeah. quickly answer can, a lot of these in one video. Yeah, and a few of the others, like, can I bring my dog? Do you have a tree shaker? Can you, you know, put the yeah. tree on the stand? And it was cool. The uh, There were dogs there, people, free beer. And uh, so I have to say to the uh, Quirkum Tree Farm, awesome job, great customer experience, and uh, thanks for the great tree. Yeah, but, interesting. And and that came through word of mouth referral. Yes. Yeah. So that hits that number one marketing channel. Yeah. So uh, to, to the place that was closed, hey, I get it. You know, we all have uh, tough times and stuff like that. But it actually, the point of the story I was leading into, which was a really long aside, but <laughs> my wife and I were arguing or discussing. There's about, no arguments. This is a yeah, discussion. Yeah. <laughs> choosing, you know, the best restaurant, like out in this area, because we were all starving, nobody had eaten. And she was like, well, you always find the best ones, but I was driving, so I really didn't have the ability to mm-hmm. look and drive. And that's kind of where this idea of... Voice search. Yeah, uh, because I was saying reviews. to her, I was like, here's what you have to do. You have to basically look for your, you know, the velocity of positive reviews to negative, and then trying to explain this all kind of almost algorithmically. And she's like, huh? Just find me a restaurant, yeah. dude. <laughs> so, you know, which I'm going to give Google credit. The, you know, search along route and tell me how many minutes is awesome. Yes. Now, if you could incorporate that into the voice assistant developers out there, it'd be even better and make my life much, much better. But we ended up going to a restaurant that was, eh. Yeah, yeah that's that's it's a crapshoot, right? When you're driving along and you're in an area you don't know, it's a crapshoot. It really is. And 
you could alleviate that so easily by by being able to search or do voice search with reviews. Yeah, and that's kind of where the reviews become really important. And yeah, and it's actually where, to your back to your original point of the story, it's actually where the voice assistants actually help you rather than kind of help you. Yes. Yeah, I, I ask mine the weather every day, and it's only as good as weather report, to be honest. So I never blame Alexa for bad weather. It's someone else's fault. They got the weather forecast wrong. But... You know, that, that is a very good functional use and something that can make a difference. And, you know, you tie that to restaurant reviews, try that to product reviews. Hey, Alexa, find me a handsaw. Or what's the best handsaw on the market today and where can I get it? And it tells you what one it is and it dry, you know gives you directions to it. That's, that's life-changing. Cha- life it kind of is in it some is. way, you know, in a first, gener- first world uh, kind of thing, I guess that is a yeah. real <laughs> life changer, you know? It is, yeah. I keep saying life change. I'm interchanging between life changing and game changing. But it definitely, it finds a more practical use for that technology. In yeah. My opinion. And I think the kind of just, I guess, to wrap up the point, you know, the big thing is reviews aren't going to go away. They'll actually probably only become more important as people start looking to use the, you know, algorithmically kind of pull data from Google and provide, um, you know, this, that kind of service. I mean, it's not far off. No, no. I mean, it's, it's, you know, reviews can make or break you. Um, so again, I think we have a really, <laughs> we kind of gone off topic a few times here and there, but that is what we're trying to point to is exactly your point. The importance of reviews cannot be misunderstood or, or taken lightly. I think what you've got to do is look to how how can I make it easier for me to get those reviews into the right place because there is there's a good way to do it and a bad way to do it like most things um, and then yeah as technology advances and I'm sure it won't be long before they hit you know, pick up on that idea too they've probably already got it we're just not using it correctly um, so <laughs> yeah it's just a case of those reviews are so crucial and and you know. Taking you know, something as simple as making sure your reviews are in line, they're up to date, you've got them in your, all your various different channels that you need them in, can make a huge difference to your business. No, absolutely. And you know, I guess that that's something is one, you have to collect them, and two, use them as much as possible. I love when businesses use them as part of their social media strategy. You know, incorporating it into Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You know, incorporating it either on the uh, image itself or like have some kind of template where half is, you know, a solid color, your brand or something, yep. and then a font you use, and then the person's testimonial who said it, you know, give me that little bit of kind of background information and use it everywhere. Yeah, then use that with video, just very briefly before we go to the next break, use, a, you know, take a video of, of the ambiance of the restaurant if you're a restaurant owner or, Taking it, you know, have a video of you talking to a customer, something like that that feels very natural. These are all things, little tricks that can make a, a difference and uh, how you express your brand, but also how customers are perceived by you and what the relationship is like. Absolutely. So I guess we're going to take a quick break, but before we do, remember if you miss anything this morning on the radio broadcast, WWDB 860, or the live stream, you can catch the podcast on our website, smbacceleration.com or anywhere podcasts are found. If you're a small business owner looking to accelerate their business growth, I recommend taking advantage of our small business marketing audit. The deal's remarkable, as our complete marketing and brand and audits usually start around $2,500. We're giving you this same service for $99 through the end of the year. So 
If you have any questions on the audit, give us an email at info at smbacceleration.com or give us a call, 855-308-5825. There are a ton of social networking websites, but one stands apart for a very special reason. This one saves lives. It's matchingdonors.com. Matchingdonors.com links organ donors with people in need of kidney and other transplants. In the U.S., 19 people die each day waiting for an organ transplant, most of them for kidneys. If you've ever considered becoming a living organ donor, or if you're someone in need of an organ transplant, visit matchingdonors.com, home of the greatest gift of all, the gift of life, matchingdonors.com. So, who's going to do what? Flashlights? Nowhere to be found. Emergency supply kits? Not packed. What about blankets? We have an old towel. Cell phones? May not work. Emergency water? Not a drop. Perfect. We all know where we're meeting if we're separated. The library. On Jones House. The bus stop. And I'll be waiting here wondering where you all are. Great. It sounds like we don't have a plan. Winging it is not an emergency plan. Make sure your kids know what to do during an emergency. Who to call, where to meet, what to pack. Visit ready.gov kids for tips and information. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. We're back. This is the SMB Acceleration Show. I'm Kevin O'Brien. I'm with Wayne Middleton. We're live on WWDB 860, live streaming, YouTube, Facebook, Periscope. And if you missed anything today, you can catch the podcast wherever podcasts are found. So as I mentioned before the break, start accelerating your business for less than a good cup of coffee a day. What's that mean? We're currently running an awesome special. You get the first step to improving your business for 96% off. Request your small business marketing audit today. So Wayne, I know we kind of went off on a number of things, but one something we wanted to get to that I think is kind of you know really tied into the holiday season for retailers of all mm-hmm. sort, brick and mortar or digital, is Google Analytics. And uh, it's kind of something that makes me think is maybe the most misunderstood or least understood free small business marketing tool. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, data is near and dear to my heart, certainly. Uh, it helps me create great websites, but also beyond that, it helps me you know, ensure that I, I reach our customers with the, with the correct stuff. So it is definitely one of those tools that, you know, I can talk to probably 10 or 20 different owners of uh, um, small businesses, both online and offline, and say, hey, are you running Google Analytics? And most of them will say yes. But are they running it right? And then are they reading the data right is a very different thing. So yeah. I mean, what percentage? It would be interesting to know. One, what percentage have Google Analytics? It's probably 90% now. In it, fact, we're going to run a survey <laughs> on our site <laughs> and on LinkedIn and then anywhere you can find surveys. Uh, we're going to run a survey and we're going to ask this question of all the small businesses is how many of you are running Google Analytics? And then I think we should have a follow-on question from that, which is how useful is the data? Because I think nine times out of ten, what they're actually doing is misinterpreting the data or not looking at the data in the right way. I would agree. I think I actually wonder how many people actually even look at the data. Yeah. If yeah, for us, if you think about it, how many times you're in Google Analytics a day? Mm, uh, probably at least once or twice. And for how long is each of those sessions? That's a good. Yeah. Um. That depends. If I'm just starting out helping somebody, it tends to be longer. If I've already been doing it or it's for myself, I actually try and use, push a lot to Google Data Studio yep. so that I can kind of visualize it quickly. Well, there you go. Google actually offers a really good suite of data mm-hmm. visualization as well as the analytics. And again, it's all about setting it up correctly. A lot of people won't know about the Visual Data Center. 
Yeah. You know, and that's again, it's a free tool from Google that they do to help you see data a little clearly, a little more clearly and easier. So you're not getting overwhelmed by what's in analytics. So yeah, I actually there's one part of analytics I haven't really tried, but that has the new search bar at the top where you can ask it almost conversational type questions. Mm -hmm. I uh, haven't, I guess I too often know what I'm trying to go look for. But it is interesting for someone who is not familiar with Google Analytics to be able to say, you know, what is this or what yeah. changed on, you know, how's my traffic from last month or compared I, to this month? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, again, it's all about trying to provide a better experience for you guys who are using it. So, you know, let's, let's get into Google Analytics a little bit more. There, there are definitely, it's, it's uh, for someone coming into it, it's a lot of data to understand. Absolutely. I think that's um, the intimidating side of it yeah, is that there's so much to it. Yeah, and it's the way it's visualized is, is good for someone who understands it. And, and trust me, I sat through the courses, the training, the certification, mm -hmm. much the same as you have. And there are still things that even now I struggle to find or I, I've forgotten how to do because it's not a common task. So, you know, let's, let's get into, you know, things to look at for small business and how to improve what they're doing. Yeah, Just I think you know, top level. the top level thing you gotta really start at by understanding is, you know, some of the terminology you're gonna see used within, you know, Google's documentation and also, you know, when searching articles that people are gonna, you have to kind of understand those, you know, some phrases, phrases and words, and words yeah. that are, you know, relative to it. And in this case, you know, when you start out, it's dimension and metric. You know, dimension being whatever you're kind of measuring. And, you know, the case that Google had, uh, their example was the dimension city, you know, indicates the city, i.e. Philadelphia, Baltimore, Newcastle, Delaware, Wilmington, Emmaus, you know, Allentown, whatever it is. So that's your dimension. So when you're looking at it, you're looking at the city that this thing happened in, yep. you know, for this example or something along that. And then the metric is the quantitative measurement. You know, so a simple example would be you had, you know, 10 viewer, users from, you know, Philadelphia yesterday. Yeah. So, again, just to reiterate, a dimension is a, it's what you're looking at. So it could be a page. It could be a city. It could be um, the website, as, you know, specific page on the website, specific piece of content. It really speaks to a specific thing. And your metric is whatever follows. And yeah. It tells you what uh, percentage or what number of e events or elements or attributes are attributed to that dimension. Yes, yes. And that, I mean, that, so that's the basic. And I think people get that. You can see, you know, city and then all these relative types of numbers. But just, you know, as we were mentioning, for when you're trying to understand a little more, you're always going to see it referred to dimension and metric. Mm -hmm. Then the next thing you really need to understand is the difference between users sessions and hits yes and i think that's very often misunderstood yep you know and now we're going to use google's uh definitions i guess because that way it's most consistent if you go start digging through google's knowledge base at least you are kind of on this path so users per google are people who interact with your property you know i.e your website or application for most people that's going to be their small business website yep so a user is, you know, one person that is taking action. Yeah, a single individual. Yep. Yep. And then sessions are interactions by a single user. Google. So here's Google's definitions are is interactions by a single user are grouped into sessions. 
So one person that visits your website five times could have five, that user has five sessions. Yep. And then to take it to the next level is hits. Hits are interactions during a session. And hits include interactions like viewing a page, taking an event or an event happening on a website, a transaction, playing a video, uh, filling out a contact form. Yep. So you can have multiple hits within a session, then multiple sessions to one user. Yep. So it's almost like the user's the top of the pyramid, then you have sessions underneath, then hits kind of filling out the base of the pyramid. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to do it. A very simple little pyramid illustration. Um, yeah, I like that. And you know, when even when you're there, it's like, okay, well, once we're in, let's talk about the hits we've kind of covered. Their, their clicks, yeah. their searches, their completions of forms, uh, you know, tabbing, all that kind of stuff. And it's all how you set up the data to record. User behavior, once you get into that, that's a really interesting avenue. That's how someone is really engaging with your site during a session. It is. And, you know, as far as the behavior, you know, Google writes, again, a hit. The behavior confined to a single example. For example, viewing a page or starting a video. So as we were saying, you know, that's pretty simple. A hit, the person can have multiple hits. I mean, hopefully you're hoping they do to have multiple hits within a single session. And then a session is the behavior within a single session, for example, the goals that users completed during a session or the amount of revenue they generated during a session. So again, it's that single time that they're on your site, you know, start to end. And then the user level of behaviors you can target are behavior across all sessions within the date range you're viewing. So you have up to 90 days, 180 days, and that's kind of where the audiences come into play and really starting to understand how many times people have to visit your website, maybe on average, to complete a sale. Yep, yeah. Because, I mean, that's one of those things that too often, you know, that we get skewed by looking at small data where one person may have come one time and converted, and then you're convinced that that's what it takes. But you may, by looking at two years of the data, and if it's correct, that it actually takes, on average, three and a half visits for the, you know, 80% 80% for a normal of the conversion. people, yeah. you know, to convert. Yeah, again, you got to, it's, <laughs> it's so easy to go down that rabbit hole to get down to that small nitty gritty detail. But you can't just solely go, okay, in this one instance, this one use case, this person did this, so that's what I'm going to change everything on my site to do. No, yeah. no, exactly. You got to take the whole, and you've got to t- you got to look at the bigger picture, almost that ten thousand foot view, and ask yourself, okay, looking at this data over the last two, three years, is that pathway the same for all the users? Is that the same kind of interaction point that I'm seeing for everyone? And I almost guarantee, if it is, you're doing a great job because yeah. nine times out of ten, it's not going to be that at all. And so this is where we get into understanding what is what does good look like in terms of Google Analytics from a small business point of view? What sort of things would you look at? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing is contact form, contact forms filled out by you know was MQLs, I guess, with, to use a terrible acronym. Yeah, and, and for those who do not know what MQL is, is we term it as marketing qualified lead. I'm gonna go against the grain here and say, okay, a marketing qualified, what does that mean? Well, (laughs) for me, it's someone who's shown an intent to do something. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, they're not really a lead as such. They are 
still in that visitor stranger kind of bracket yes, for me. Absolutely. They're, they're, they're at my site. They've done something great. Now, how do I value that? That depends on what they've done. True. So for your your case, yeah. if they filled out a form, that shows an intent to contact you and intent uh, to purchase to a certain degree. Absolutely. If someone's coming on an e-commerce site and they've clicked on a product, that doesn't mean they, they've really just shown that you have a product that speaks to them. Until you can follow that, that lead from that product view all the way through to the final close of that sale, are they truly a converted customer? So you have to take that whole path. Exactly. And I wouldn't want to just say contact forms because with the number amount of spam, everyone yeah. seems to could get. It could be an email subscription. It could be a download. It yeah. Could be, yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's the contact form where they're, or that phone call where they're like, I want to do business, you know, or I need more information about your service. And, and our website actually says this, clicks are great, calls are better. And the reason that's true is because, you can't argue that a, a, a director call action. <laughs> no, absolutely. If you can get somebody in today's day and age to pick up a phone. You, you're or, doing something really, really very special. No, absolutely. And I know, uh, you know what? We could probably get into this next week a little bit more in depth, you yeah. know, and kind of into how it'll you work with your marketing and all. But um, I really uh, think that Google Analytics is extremely important and definitely something that everyone should consider. And if you have are not sure, give us a call or email and we'd be happy to check if you have uh, analytics running correctly on your site. So I guess that's all the time we have today, Wayne. It went fast, folks. It really did. And you know, uh, a big shout out to Dan for all his uh, help getting me set up this morning and getting the live stream working, making us sound much better than we actually do. <laughs> So uh, for everybody listening on WWDB 860 or via the live stream, we appreciate it. And remember, if you missed anything, you can get the podcast wherever the podcasts are found. Or visit our website, smbacceleration.com. If you're a small business owner looking to accelerate their business growth, don't forget about our small business marketing audit until the end of the year for $99. Remember, it's remarkable as this audit usually starts at $2,500. So... Thanks to everybody. This is Kevin O'Brien. And Wayne Middleton signing off. Have a good week.